Tim Blaine Shapir with Divorce 661 and the Divorce 661 Daily Perspective, Episode 9. Moving right along, I have some big news. I got a email today from YouTube said, congratulations, you've hit 2,500 YouTube videos and 2.5 million views. And uh, while that might be a lot of videos, and it is, the amount of views, I think, uh, you know, if you're a YouTuber, or you're trying to do a business or market your business online, you don't need a lot of views if you have a service or product to sell. You know, some people get videos, views of 2.5 million in one video, and I've accomplished that in 12 years. So I'm a grinder, that's for sure. All right, let's get into uh, the Daily Perspective, Episode 9. Today, we're talking about the following topics, uh, default with agreement issues, always. Uh, a guy who called me because he had to file his uh, petition three separate times. Again, it was a default without agreement. I'm going to go over what mistakes he made so you can avoid it. We're going to talk about the L.A. County Call Center, L.A. County, L.A. County Family Law Call Center, and what's going on with that and how that's a nightmare. Starting your own divorce issues. I'm going to go over issues you are making on your petition. For those of you who have started your own divorce or are thinking of filing for divorce because it looks easy, I'm going to talk to you about the common errors on the petition itself. I'm going to talk about a client who called me and says, we're not fighting, we're not fighting, but he's not cooperating, meaning he's not participating. And we'll talk about the issues that that can uh, cause. We had uh, someone hire us yesterday, and within four hours, we finalized her case, got them to e-sign, e-notarize, and approved. I'm going to talk about how we accomplished that. And I'm going to talk about amending your summons petition and a bunch of things to do with that. So hang in there. You can always look down at the um, chapters if you're looking for some specific information or just Go ahead and listen in. Okay, so let's talk about default without agreement issues. You know, I talk a lot about that because it is the bane of everyone's existence uh, who has ever had a problem with divorce. And one of the issues that comes up is people think it's easier to do that because they don't have to bother their spouse. They don't have to get them to sign anything. All they have to do is file and serve and then, you know, turn in your settlement agreement and you're done. Not that easy. Default without agreement has to follow California procedure and law, and there's a lot of rules around it, and you can't make a single mistake, hence the guy that filed three amended petitions, which we'll talk about. But you make one mistake and you serve that petition with that mistake, you can't you go to file the judgment. It's going to be rejected because of the mistake in the petition. And in prior uh, Daily Perspective uh, episodes, I've talked about how the court does not help you with the petition. You file it, you get, you pay your fee. They give you a they stamp, your forms and send you on your way. And you think, Oh, I did a great job. I can tell you that 90% of the people that hire me for uh, that have already started their divorce have some issue with their petition or summons or both that we have to amend and start over. So if you're considering using my service, I prefer you hire me from the beginning. It's not a big deal. If you want to, you know, I know you want to try and give it a shot and go through the process, feel free. Um, but we may have to amend your petition and it will add uh, at least a month to the process. And uh, but we would have to correct that because it it will cause your judgment to be rejected. So I think what I could talk to you about in in this uh, petition issues is I want to go down the petition itself and talk about the common errors that I see. And I'm going to talk about the errors that this gentleman did and how we had to fix it. And keep in mind, if you are going to, you know, when you file your petition, if you make a mistake and it's a default without agreement and you have to amend it, you only get one shot to do that. I've seen people amend their petition and make other different mistakes. 
And now they're totally, they're not screwed, but you just added two to three months to the process because again, you get one chance to amend your petition. After that, you have to file a, a request for order. It's a motion to go to court to get the judge's permission to file a second amended petition. They're basically saying, we're not going to let you keep messing this up. We're going to call you in, see what the issue is, see if it's even necessary. Why are you amending the petition so many times? And it, they make attorneys do it, pro pers, people that are self-represented, uh, even our clients. Like the, uh, We had someone come in who had uh, already did that, made the... Uh, filed their amended petition. And we had, uh, we asked, we basically slipped their judgment in. We got it approved without, but uh, if they were going to amend their petition, they would have had to file a motion, which this gentleman did. And um, to, to amend his uh, second petition. So it's the third petition, the first, the second, and then he amended it a second time. So that's three petitions he filed and served. And on that third one, even after he went to court to get permission to amend it, he made another mistake. Then he has hired us. This just happened this week. It's out in Antelope Valley, which I don't really like dealing with that court because I, I file all my cases downtown LA. I don't care where you live in LA County. I file everything downtown because I think they're the most experienced. They have the streamlined process and it doesn't fluctuate because every court and every clerk does things a little bit different. So I like all the folks down at Central, Stanley Mosque. Uh, we get a standardized process. I, I know when they're going to get approved. I don't get these red herrings of rejections like other courts when we file the exact same paperwork. So what, what it came down to with this gentleman, again, I'm going to go down the petition in general, but in the petition, he marked that there were property declarations attached. He filed the property declarations with the second amended petition and he listed community property, or not community property, but separate property. And he did not address who that asset was going to. So when you have assets and debts in a default with, without an agreement, you have to do a separate property, community property um, declaration. But you also have to say who you are assigning that asset to. He didn't do that. So I submitted the judgment yesterday. We got that taken care of. Um, there was a lot of issues he had, but we got that through. We got the default entered, which he's having problems with. There was an issue with his proof of service. The um, the 160 was going to be problematic, but what I I... When I file the judgment, what I told the clerk, I didn't tell them, that, that's another issue we're going to talk about. When I do the e-filing, there's a little note you can put. So I put my justification on why I think this should be approved when I think they might try and reject it, is he uh, did the property declarations, but on the petition itself, where it says separate and community property on page two and three, he didn't mark that they were attached. And when he served the second amended petition, he didn't mark that the property declarations were served. So my argument to the court was, yes, property declarations were filed with the court, but I think the court should, should ignore them because not only were they not uh, added to the petition, they also weren't served. So that's what I'm working on with the court now. Um, we submitted it. It's under review. And we're hoping that they'll buy into my thought process, which I believe is correct, because as you may know, I did work for the courts 13, 12 years ago uh, before starting this business. So I know kind of what goes on and how this process works. So sometimes they just, the clerks just need a little uh, nudge to uh, get them to make the right decisions because they're not perfect. They're human as well. I'll let you know how that goes. Really hoping that it gets approved. Okay. I'm going to go down a petition form here, FL 100. And I want to just, I'm just not going to go over the entire form. I'm just going to talk about where the errors that people are making the most common errors. So Number one, where it says petition four, and sorry, I'm not looking at you. I'm looking up at the form here. I have four monitors, so I got a lot going on. But where it says petition four, 
Sometimes people just forget to put, they'll put dissolution. They'll just mark that first box, but they will not mark marriage. Uh, number one, people usually get that right. We are married. Uh, then you have the residency requirements. One or both of you meet the residency requirements. Statistical facts. Here's where people um, make an issue. Two things here, at least. One, they'll put a date of marriage and leave the date of separation out because they're still living together. So they assume, well, we're not separated, so I'm not going to put a date of separation. That's error number one. You always put a date of separation in there. Even if you're still living together, either it's a date you guys talked about the divorce or if nothing less, the date you are filing, you know, you're filling out the form and you're going to go file your paperwork with the court. Number two, uh, on statistical facts, <coughs> excuse me, barely one minute, is <clears throat> underneath that. So you have date of marriage, date of separation, and then it says three, time from date of marriage to date of separation, specify years and months. People forget to make that calculation. It's a, it's a reject issue if you don't put the actual date, the amount of years and months of marriage. Okay, I think that's it for page number one. Page number two, <clears throat> on legal grounds, people, will, again, will just mark the divorce box. But you have to make a selection, and the selection is always going to be irreconcilable differences. So don't mark, don't forget to mark that box, irreconcilable differences. Um, for child custody, sometimes people leave that blank. If you have kids, don't leave that blank. You know, Choose joint legal and joint physical or whatever your preference is for your case. Child support, number seven. Uh, there's nothing you should ever write in there, but we'll see people who start their own divorce prior to hiring me and I, have, I review their documents. They'll mark other and write no child support. You can't do that. You can't have no child support. It can be reserved, but you, it's not something that you would include in the petition. Spouse support. You need to mark these boxes. You cannot leave them blank. You're either going to uh, request spouse support payable to petitioner respondent, or you're going to terminate the court's ability to award spouse support to petitioner respondent or reserve. Don't mark other and don't mark the other box and put no support. You got to mark one of those boxes, particularly if it's a default, uh, no agreement case. You cannot miss those or you're going to have to amend your petition because here's the theory. You left that blank. You filed your petition. Now you want to file the default without an agreement. And now you want to terminate spouse support or maybe you want to request spouse support. You can't do that because you didn't ask for it in the petition. And the theory with a default without an agreement is that the respondent agrees to the petition. Therefore, they're not going to file a response. So you can't ask for anything in the in the judgment that you didn't ask for in the petition. There would be a case you have to amend your petition. One note on that. If you have a long-term marriage over 10 years and you know it's going to be a default, no agreement, your spouse isn't going to participate, cooperate, or fight it, you have to reserve jurisdiction for both parties. It's the law. It's the rule. You cannot terminate without agreement on long-term marriages. Number nine, separate property. I think the mistake I would say is don't list, don't attach the property declarations. They cause all kinds of problems for people when you attach them. If it's a default with no agreement, you have to, because if, if they're assets and debts, otherwise just put none. But if it's going to be a default without an agreement, you have to <clears throat> complete the property declarations and indicate who's keeping what asset or debt on the separate. Same goes for the community. You need to attach them if there's assets and debts. And when there's default, no agreement, you have to uh, divide the assets and debts equally. Number 11, other requests not required. You don't have to mark uh, who's going to pay attorney's fees. If you want to restore your maiden name, you can plug that in there. But those other requests are not required. That's really where we will see the issues on the petition. So just watch out for that. Hopefully that helps. Like I said, this guy filed it three separate times and still made mistakes. 
Okay, so we're talking about this gentleman having a problem with the Antelope Valley divorce uh, family law <clears throat> case. And I got a call from them on this case. And the clerk basically said, and which is amazing. First of all, LA County, amazing as far as e-filing. Um, but it's like the bank. You know, there's no problem when you go, the, you know, as far as your bank is concerned. You know, you make your deposits, you pull money out. But if you need, you, once in a while you may need something, you have a question, you go into the branch. And they're unhelpful. It's very similar. <clears throat> so anyways, I received a call this morning at 8.20 from Tina from the Antelope Valley branch. Very nice. Said, hey, we got your uh, default judgment package with the uh, trial setting request. And we had some questions for you. I'm like, oh, great. Maybe they they want me to further explain my position on this. And then in her message, she says, unfortunately, I don't think you're going to be able to reach me since we went to a call center format. And she gave me a uh, basically a toll-free number and then her extension at the court. Before, there they had a, uh, a court phone roster so you could, they, she could say, hey, I'm in department, you know, X at this court and I could look, you know, she can give me the direct line, it would ring her desk. Uh, now, they, that's not available. Everything, this is the self-help center now is all a call center. And I've talked about that uh, a ton about how problematic that is. You get a different person every time. When I called, this is the first time, I don't need to call the self-help center every, but when I called, I was just, I mean, she's coughing on the phone. It was very unprofessional. Um, but yeah, so end of the day, could never get a hold of Tina. And she told me that that would happen. So I'm, I'm hoping she takes it to her supervisor and and this gets approved. Otherwise, we're looking at ha having to have him go to court to explain that, which not a big deal at the end, but I prefer to get things approved the first time. So the default stuff we've been talking about, I have a client that said, you know, I said, hey, are you guys amicable? She said, no, we're not fighting, um, but he's not he's not participating. He just doesn't want the divorce. And I've talked about that before, how problematic that can be in wherein it's going to force you to go this default without agreement type case, which are very tricky. She had kids, assets, house, pension, all that. And in many of these cases, you know, in this case, it was the husband. Let's say the husband says, you know, look, I don't want anything from you. I don't want your pension. You can have the kids, whatever. I don't, you know, I don't want spouse support or pay it or child support. You don't get to make decisions. You don't get to draft a settlement agreement. And when she sent over the paperwork, she must have had a paralegal service because uh, it looked, it had some element of being professionally done, but they, it was being rejected by the court. And so when I reviewed her paperwork, when she originally called me, she said, yeah, we're in agreement. I think she meant we're not fighting. <clears throat> well, I said, I actually asked it incorrectly. I said, are you amicable? She said, yes. Should have asked, are you in agreement? Because when I reviewed the paperwork, it was 76 pages she had sent over Been working on the case since 2020 with someone else. And I said, hey, it appears that, uh, you know, I emailed her, I said, it appears that based on the documents I'm seeing that were filed, uh, this seems like there's no agreement. She goes, yeah, he's he doesn't not agree. He just doesn't want the divorce. So I said, okay, there's the problem. That's why you're having so much difficulty with this. So this would be one of those cases where you're going to have to um, amend the petition and start from scratch and, and do it and not make one error. When you have assets, debts, kids, and pensions and all that good stuff in the house, you you know, there's a lot of opportunity for error in those uh, situations. And in this case, what was interesting is they're doing it as a default, but someone had also drafted a marital settlement agreement. You can't have a settlement agreement if there is no agreement. It's going to end up being a court order. You can make requests that you made in the petition and, and attach documents, but you, you do not have a settlement agreement. And so you cannot have that written nervous that says who's keeping what because that's not how that works. You need to do the judgment forms in that case.
So yesterday, new topic, we had someone who had filed their case in March of, no, May, I'm sorry, May of this year, and filed and served and stopped. And they just hadn't moved forward for whatever reason. And so she called me yesterday and said, hey, can you take care of this? I reviewed her initial paperwork. It was all per, it was all good to go. We're ready to, to finalize. So I said, I said, hey, do you want to get this done today? And she said, sure. I said, is your spouse on board? Will they sign off? Yes. So I, I just knocked out her uh, complete judgment settlement agreement, all judgment package entirely, had them e-sign uh, and e-notarize. And they both were right there, you know, doing it along with me so that they got that done at 6.10 p.m. last night. I e-filed it with the court. And at 10.10 this morning, their judgment was approved. Talk about same-day service. I love L.A. County for that reason. All the other counties, it's not possible, at least not yet. I Hopefully, they come to the table on that. Um, amending your petition, I think we uh, we covered that. Oh, no, this is a different topic. If you amend your petition and summons, if you amend your summons and petition and then serve it, okay, you now have a jurisdiction date. On the FL-180, um, you will mark, you know, date the court acquired uh, jurisdiction over the respondent. That's the date you're going to put there. If you have to amend your summons and petition for whatever reason, the original jurisdiction date of the incorrect summons and petition still counts. You're still going to want to use that original prior service date, um, even if you're amending, because that is when the court acquired jurisdiction. You can amend it and you can have a new date of service, but you're going to use the original date of ser service for the jurisdiction date on the 180. And that's all I have for you today. It was a very busy day. We filed three new cases. Um, we had several approved, uh, drafted numerous judgments, I think six different judgment packages and settlement agreements, um, everywhere from Mercer County to San Francisco, Contra Costa, um, San Bernardino, San Diego, Los Angeles always. And uh, we do handle all counties in California. And uh, so if you got, need help with your divorce, give me a call. Thank you for watching Divorce Perspective. I messed it up, didn't I? The Daily Perspective, Episode 9. We'll talk to you tomorrow.